welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast discussing entertainment, news, and reviews. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Matt Matt. Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, and tell a friend. And the and new thing kind of happening. New thing kind of happening. Check out our TikTok. What's our thing on I, TikTok? Why did I say that like a 40-year-old person who's unfamiliar with the app? <laughs> I spend far too much time on it. Uh, we have a TikTok now. Uh, it's really early stages. We're just kind of like seeing what we want to do with mm-hmm. it. But um, how can they find us on TikTok? Uh, it, uh, just look up Justice Losers Pod. I think is what our Justice Losers Pod. That sounds like the sort of thing that would be us. Yeah, I don't know the exact name of it, but yeah, Gage is uh, so uh, flashing back to when we were doing video stuff. We wanted to take clips of our videos and put them on TikToks, but uh, since we stopped doing videos, mm-hmm. that wasn't a possibility but our right. lovely get gadget or ed that's it that's the one <laughs> our lovely editor gauge is uh putting like you know pictures and clips of stuff that are relevant to what we're talking about a lot of little uh cute little bits of us mm-hmm. either funny or interesting and then we're gonna try to post up there at least like let's say once a week for now we're starting slow mm-hmm. the reason we had to cut back on the videos because we tried to go too hard too much too fast and it fatigued all of us yep. so we're starting small see if this is sustainable and if it is if we think we can grow then we'll grow but right now it's just a uh, little little tidbits of of, of, our, of our episodes if you don't want to listen to the entire thing just get a little little interesting factoid or theory theorem so mm-hmm. it's a theorem and a theory is there a difference or is it just um garbage? i think theorem is more limited and more provable. Okay. Pythagorean theorem is oh, a yeah, very specific it's... case and it's yeah. very provable. Yeah. Anyway, so go check that out. Yeah. Justice Losers Pod. Yeah. At you... TikTok.com. That's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you don't have the attention span to sit and listen to us yep. for an hour, then yep. that's the place to go. Even if you do have the attention span, check it out. There's fun little video clips on there. Yeah. It's nice. It's yep. good stuff. Um also gauge's humor to me personally it works really well with that thing he's always like whenever we <laughs> back when we were doing videos he would just uh, they would tastefully put little jokes that are like relevant to what we're doing and so mm-hmm. he chooses uh good moments of clips to put over certain things that are yeah mildly humorous exactly gauge's style he's got a good instinct for yeah. it uh enough stroking our editor's ego love you gauge matt what's been going on uh, Can I start with the bummer one before we, so we don't end on it? Yeah. Have you heard about it? I don't know. Oh. Taylor Hawkins, the drummer of the Foo Fighters, was found dead in his hospital yesterday. Oh. Or not hospital. Uh, no, not found dead. He had pain, chest pain, and died in the hospital. Or uh. they tried to resuscitate him. I don't know the full story. Um, but yeah. No, he's like a, he's one of the top drummers. Man. Uh. I was about to say alive. Um, he's his style influenced everything about the way that I play drums. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Dave Grohl together because uh, early Foo Fighters was Dave Grohl playing drums, but then they they brought Taylor in, right? And he's done so much. Um, and he's also he had like a solo stuff, and like everyone's decimated by this. Mm-hmm. They think drugs were involved, but also. Foo Fighters have never really been the drug user rock band. Yeah. They all, almost all of them have families and kids. Like, 
Right. Which They're dad does... rock, but like a, the best form of dad rock. <laughs> yeah. Like it doesn't preclude you from right. getting into the, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll lifestyle. But yeah. I think like it, what it may have been is like, you know, using a little bit of drugs and maybe there was like an underlying condition they didn't know. Sure. Um, but there's an investigation going on and yeah. like he, Foo Fighters have been such a like un trying to think of they're not a drama band they don't no no one like Mm -hmm. either everyone just anyone that knows of them is either fine with them or likes them there's no negativity behind the band and like it kind of reflects through all of the members yeah grown i think there's like seven or eight people in foo fighters now and it used to just be dave grohl looking for (laughs) something to do after kurt cobain yep um but i can't imagine what they're like his family and the band are going through yeah because he was a really important part big loss but yeah that's the bummer i'm this is i was a little down about chester benningfield back uh lincoln park front man back when that happened i think in 2016 14 15 somewhere around there i think Mm -hmm. um this one hit hard for me Mm -hmm. when i saw it i woke up to a text from my dad saying it because he also right really appreciates him so. shoot yep that's a it's a loss it's a loss in the rock world listen to classical music kids everyone's already dead <laughs> <laughs> oh boy all right that's the downer one okay what, what's happened uh i did not realize this was happening but we got a trailer for where did the crawdad sing movie we got a trailer for that yeah i'm gonna watch it right now okay let's watch it right now uh opinions so you read it i lent it to you you read it yep and you liked it right i i enjoyed it i I thought it was i thought enjoyed it i thought it was not a spectacular groundbreaking work of literature but it's a very enjoyable very satisfying read it's well put together it's it's good yeah i uh i've always told people whenever it comes up since i've read it Mm -hmm. i've always told people when it comes up that people the synopsis and like where you like like when you're shopping or something like that Mm -hmm. it says it's a romance but like it's barely a romance yeah it's more of a coming of age there are romances that have an influence on the story Mm -hmm. that push it forward but it's not about her romantic life right it's not twilight right nothing's twilight nothing as good as as, is as good as twilight of course i couldn't even get the words out in a proper way (laughs) you're just so excited (laughs) to think about twilight (laughs) um so the movie do you feel that the trailer spoils aspects of the movie having read it um i feel like it kind of does sort of like i mean it it lays out some questions early that aren't really asked until easily two-thirds in at least the book's moving yeah but also like you can kind of tell that that's the direction the book is going just from the beginning right that they're going to at least ask those kinds of questions and there's really just one big thing to spoil and that's not till the end and they don't right. touch that that is not until the last page of the book <laughs> yeah um i i mean no i i i think as a trailer it gives away a lot and i think it's just falling into kind of the bad habit that trailers have nowadays of just here's the entire plot of the movie yeah hope you enjoy i, I think don't know. the issue that they face is that they're trying to sell the movie to people who haven't read the book and mm-hmm. if you were going to 
for example, some of the best trailers that I've seen so far are things that having then seen the movie, almost all of the footage in the trailers in the first like 15, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. because you can at least like establish what the movie is intending to be in those 15 minutes. Right. But with books, not so much books. You can take the time to really like, like with stuff, Lucare's books, mm-hmm. the proper question and like issue of the book don't get brought up until like a third or halfway in Yeah, because it's all like setting the stage of what actually happened. Yep. Um, and with this one, it's the same way. Like it's, you get the seeds of it and you like learn the characters and like, you kind of set the stage for half the book. Right. And you can't really put that into a movie form that gets people to understand what is going on. Mm-hmm. until it's like kind of how just books and books translate to movies yeah and the movies translate to trailers from those books right um it's a little yeah it's a little tough to do it and i got the same feeling watching that that i got watching the dune trailer while i was reading it mm-hmm. there are a lot of shots and things that seem very loyal to the source material mm-hmm. um like even even so much like maybe it's just me finally being able to like actually understand what writers are writing Mm-hmm. I see like shots. And I'm like, that's exactly how I pictured it in my head. Mm-hmm. Like her watching the crowd of the girls, like the mm-hmm. white girls. And I'm just like, that is exactly how I like envisioned all of that playing out. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you think it's going to be a good movie? Nah. Yeah. From the trailer, it kind of looks, I, I get the, the, the sense that this is, it's a book that's really easy to adapt, but very difficult to adapt. Well, yeah. Um, because it is kind of a slower burn and it's more about, um, respecting the characters and the, the world they inhabit and less about the story per se. It's so much of her thinking Mm -hmm. and applying all of her experiences to each other. Right. And unless you have an inner monologue Mm -hmm. or like a narration throughout the movie, you don't get that. Right. Like, it's every big major moment in her life she has gone, she's been like, this is like this when my mom left. Like, that's said, mm-hmm. that's a first chapter thing that happens. Yeah. Like, when my mom left, and like, this is, it doesn't even really show her relationship with her dad, which is a big thing mm-hmm. in the first half of the book. Right. Um, which I imagine we'll see more of in the movie proper. I hope so. I mean, there's not in the, nothing in the trailer at all about yeah. her dad so i hope they didn't cut that because that is a that's a big part on her maturing and learning to survive mm-hmm. and her view on men <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i yeah uh, i i would be surprised if they cut it entirely they might have changed it a little bit but we'll see yeah um i feel like it's just gonna be like a lukewarm drama yeah that, that's very much the sense i got um a lot of like i don't know everything just kind of looks a little bit too clean and orderly she's yep. definitely wearing way too much makeup oh yeah um just yeah it, it it feels it doesn't have that same true essence that the book has i think yeah um it's interesting that you compared the trailer to the dune trailer to me because when i watched it i thought of dune as well um i thought uh, so dune was a, a book that's long regarded as unfilmable right. despite the fact that it's, it's been, been filmed like four times <laughs> well I, like back to you what you said it's like it's easy to adapt it's hard to adapt well right like it's unfilmable because it's just like you can't capture the scale of the book right the movie. right and dune is i think difficult to adapt because you have to get 
not to mention not just the scope and the scale of the world, but also the inner monologues and the complexities of the psychology with the characters. Um, Where the crowd adds saying it's easy to tell kind of the bare bones of the story and just not have it be very interesting. Yeah. You don't face those limitations. So Dune, you have to treat much more. uh, I'd say respectfully, it doesn't quite feel like the right world, but maybe like reverently. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, You have to put in the work to make it actually come to life on screen at all. Yeah. And with something like this, I feel like it's a really widely read book mm-hmm. by kind of people who just read for like entertainment. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I guess like it's the equivalent of like casual moviegoers. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little, I am skeptical that the people who would have gone to adapt this book would have put a bunch of effort into like. There, there are people that are in for a buck because yeah. this will sell. Yeah. And they don't do what they need to do to make it mm-hmm. a solid movie that stands on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember the girl on the train? Is that like in the book? No, the different movie no. from a few years ago. No. Um, it was a, it was another book that was kind of similarly really well regarded, sort of a mystery thriller. Um, really interesting solid entertaining read Mm -hmm. um and they adapted it into a movie and again they kind of i haven't seen the movie but apparently they just kind of superficialized it Mm -hmm. and everything's a little too glossy and not quite not quite right and it was pretty badly received and no one really saw it yeah um bad reviews um kind of feels like this could be going down the same path yeah but so that's where the crawdads seeing the movie are we gonna see it I'm probably not going to see it. I'm not going to go see it. I'm, yeah, I might watch it when it comes to Netflix or whatever. Yeah. Unless people want us to see it. If we get an overwhelming request to go see it and review it and compare it to the book, then... We'll do it. Yeah, we can do the good, the bad, and the ugly because we have source material. Yeah, we can. That's what we can do. Yep. What else happened? Uh, We got a Batman deleted scene. That we did. We got the Batman deleted the scene Batman that we've been scene. waiting on. So, for background... um. Mild spoilers for Batman, I guess. We're not going to spoil like the... Yeah, the movie we can... The movie itself. Yeah. But, um, hey, the Joker's in it. Surprise. Yeah. Not, not really. Not like, really in, in the actual movie proper, he shows up in one scene, the second to last scene. and um, He's just kind of unseen in the background. But yep. um, Matt Reeves talked about leading up to the movie um, that there was... There existed a scene where Batman went to Arkham to interview the Joker for insights into the Riddler's particular brand of madness. Yes. Try to understand him. Um, that scene ended up getting cut from the movie, but was released this week online yeah. as just a separate standalone deleted scene. Um, it's about four or five minutes. Uh, and Batman goes and interviews Barry. Have we ever figured out how to pronounce his name? Nope. Mary Keegan. Mary Keegan. I think it's just Coogan. Keegan. Keegan. You know what? I'm going to Google it. That's a great thing you the should do. The internet has a thing. That's how I figured out Gal Gadot's. Yeah. Kogan. 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 Barry Kogan. Barry Kogan. Barry Kogan. Okay. Barry uh, Kogan. So, Batman goes to visit uh, Barry Kogan's Joker, and he talks to him a little bit about the Riddler, um, asks him some questions about him, and then leaves. Yep. Um, storms off in a bit of a huff. Right. All right. Uh, what'd you think of the scene? I don't know. I have positives and not positives. Okay. So 
So usually our format for this is we do the good, the bad, the ugly, we do spoilers and the non-spoilers. <laughs> I can't help but feel that it's just trying to mimic Heath Ledger's Joker. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I like that. Because I didn't like it with uh, like the moments that they tried to do it with uh, Jared Leto's. Mm-hmm. Like where there was like, there, what what movie was it? Because it wasn't Suicide Squad. It was the other uh zack snyder's justice league yes and they tried to the little, that's what it was like the, the little that, post-credits yeah post-apocalyptic post-credits really tell they were trying to mimic heath ledgers mm-hmm. which i don't like i don't it's it's inimitable <laughs> <laughs> i guess it, yeah. like heath ledger did his joker and it was phenomenal but just mimicking it or trying to get the same thing feels almost irreverent okay. to it. That's fair. And also it's just such not the comic Joker, which I guess in the context of the Batman is totally fine because the Riddler sure. is not the comics Riddler. Right. But like, I don't know. It just, it feels like someone, every time someone does the Heath Ledger version of the Joker, it feels like an impersonation, mm-hmm. not a character. Okay. That makes sense. I did not directly draw a comparison between, um, Kogan kogan and ledger's interpretations um it's like the slower drawn out kind of speech that mm-hmm. like kind of like this and like instead of just kind of like the my father was a drinker like that like that and a fiend like i i get that vibe like that okay. kind of draws out certain like consonants mm-hmm. sure yeah that's just okay yeah um I I see I see where you're coming from and that that would explain I I I thought the interpretation was very interesting where he's like he's sort of diseased um but it did kind of feel a little empty yeah and it might just be because it was leaning more on on ledger than right. it ought to have um that being said I imagine there's ways you could flesh it out and yeah g- give it its own its own space to breathe as an yeah. interpretation of the character um the scene itself i think i enjoyed in a vacuum but it wouldn't have made much sense in the movie right um it, especially because it like he walked out of it getting nothing so it didn't add to the movie except for just having yeah proto joker well i think i'll get to that bit in a second i i think what it does is it sort of lays out the thematic stakes of the comparison between riddler and batman mm. like trying to again say that they're the same and yeah. they're uh it, and i think it does that a little too explicitly and it blows its wad a little too early yeah um because the payoff for that at the end um the payoff yeah. of the comparison between riddler and batman is such a one-two gut punch yeah that it it would really undercut it to set you too explicitly on that track yeah so i think it it was justifiably cut from the movie yeah i agree um so I said proto Joker, mm-hmm. and the reason I say that is because this isn't Joker yet. Right. This is just a one-time serial killer that Batman put away, mm-hmm. and I think there's a lot of room for the Joker in like to develop mm-hmm. to actually get what the Joker means mm-hmm. in like. Um, We've talked about the different types of Jokers 
mm-hmm. chaos for chaos sake fun for chaos sake and chaos for fun's sake yep um fun for fun's sake lest we remind you again is just a clown <laughs> <laughs> no i think i think i think uh, uh, just a clown is terror for terror's sake <laughs> so chaos for chaos sake is someone who just uh is, is the joker that just wants to fuck everything up yep. that's pretty much Heath ledger's joker yeah uh fun for chaos sake is someone who wants to mess everything up but wants to do it in a fun way and make everyone like like quote unquote psychotically make everyone laugh mm-hmm. and then chaos for fun's sake is one that just wants to have fun Mm-hmm. And we'll do it in however way he wants to do it. And he mm-hmm. is just twisted in what he thinks is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are like the types of Jokers. And we don't know what this one is yet. Because right. he's a proto-Joker. He's just killed people. And we don't have that psych, that, that basically that dossier on him yet. Exactly. Um, and Matt Reeves has said in interviews that this isn't fully the Joker yet. It's yes. someone who's still kind of figuring out his place, spreading his wings among the uh, supervillainry of Gotham. Yeah. And I think that it's going to be... It may be a great thing for this where in the next movie we see the first act is Batman bringing in an escaped Joker Mm -hmm. because then we start to set the seeds of one, his uh, repetitive escaping and being brought back down. Of course. But you also maybe start to get some of the aspects of that the Joker cares about the relationship between he and Batman, Mm -hmm. him and Batman, correct pronouns. Um, and then in the third movie, we get that Joker who is obsessed with Batman mm-hmm. and their game of cat and mouse, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you should say bat and mouse. Bat and mouse. <laughs> <laughs> but now I definitely liked that the Joker at least had some, or this proto Joker had some insight about what makes a serial killer. Like he kind of, mm-hmm. he was like, no, I'm different from this guy mm-hmm. and so like he at least understand has like some oh, yeah. like foundational understanding which would could also lead into how he's able to manipulate harleen harleen quinzel mm-hmm. possibly in the future could be uh again i'm starting to get to a point where i just want matt reeves to make an entire bat universe and have <laughs> all of the characters because i would love to see how he applies whatever the hell he did to jo- to Riddler yep. to everyone else. I just want that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I that's what I liked about it is I liked that he seems like an intel he seems like an intelligent Joker, which is the best kind of Joker. Yeah, uh, that's always something that's kind of understated about the character that latent intelligence and understanding. Yeah. Um, Matt Reeves has explained that actually, uh, he talked about in, he he gave a lengthy interview in which he talked about some of this stuff before the movie coming out. Uh, during that interview, he, um, he, he said that, so basically this version of the Joker has had a congenital disease that's deformed his face into a perpetual smile. Um, and because of that, uh, he's kind of always been ostracized from society. So he's become really good at reading people and getting inside people's heads and trying to understand them that way. Which feels like a great interpretation. That is absolutely a great interpretation. <laughs> All right. It's different, but I like it. Yeah. Psychological. Yeah. Which is what, I mean, the Joker is essentially psychological and just like, and just chaotic. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. That's that. Um, to another related Batman, uh, oh, do you have anything else about the trailer? Nope. Or the, not trailer, the deleted scene. Uh, we are getting a, uh, a comic called riddler year one hitting stores october this year 
written by Paul Dano. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am so stoked about this. Like, that's interesting to get. And I bet it's like, it's kind of like co, uh, I guess what's the word I'm looking for? Conceptualized Mm -hmm. with Matt Reeves. I'm sure about what this character is, but like getting what led to the Riddler to all of this, Mm -hmm. like getting maybe like his childhood and like more of this stuff. And like, there was a thing about him, like with orphans, like, and seeing that and his interplay, maybe like a crossing the paths with Bruce Wayne when Mm -hmm. they were young or something like that. Yeah. Um, I would absolutely love to see this. It's probably going to be a mini series, maybe like eight. Sure. Little one off thing. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. That's cool. Paul Dano just like, Oh yeah, I'm going to write a comic now. Yeah. Like, you don't realize Honestly, he how... was probably asked to do it. Yeah, but <laughs> the fact that he 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 enjoys this character and he understands yeah. he understands it enough to write more. I I doubt that it's something where they just approached him and were like, "Hey, do you want to write this?" Because like, if they're going to do it, they'll approach either one of the writers from the movie That's or one true. of their staff writers. Yeah, probably it's something where he and the writers and Matt Reeves had all had these conversations and had all these he was spinning off all these good ideas and so somehow the they were, t- were talking to the producers it's actually not a new thing because james gunn is writing the peacemaker comics yeah but he wasn't an actor that's true that's true i like what dc's doing mm-hmm. with this kind of stuff like they are what, what i feel like marvel is doing is when you like look at all the it, the comics that have been coming out lately is they're basically mimicking what's happening in the movies like mm-hmm. characters like changing a little bit how they look making robert yeah. Downey jr look more like or making yeah. tony stark look more like robert Downey jr yeah uh nick fury was always samuel L. jackson at least since the revamp yeah um but like this is giving a lot of like cross continuity and mm-hmm. stuff and it's like it's also um DC is in the comics. They're just starting to give their writers more space. Yeah, uh, that's like what the Black Label's about. I bet it's a. It's probably going to be a Black Label makes uh, sense run. And like just having really great stories being told, mm-hmm. both in movies and comics. Yeah, and HBO Max original TV shows. Yeah, I have never had a respect for something that I care so much about plummet so hard with the Snyder like. When the sniper came out, and then just shoot right back up within yep. a matter of like two or three years. Yeah, I love everything that they're doing right now. They're figuring some things out. They are indeed. Let's see if they can keep the course. It might just be a couple of lucky accidents, but yeah. uh, they're letting creators create in creative ways. Yeah, that's what REM's all about. Hey, self plug. Hell yeah. REM.net. REMproductions.net. Dot net. Dot net. Don't ask. Uh, do you have other news? I've got one more, but I want to toss it back to you if you got anything. Don't think I'd had anything pulled up. We've gotten a bunch more like Moon Knight uh, TV spots spots and stuff. Uh, My last thing is that we have gotten a teaser about the next Witcher game, which is a huge deal. So the Witcher, you know what came first in the Witcher stuff? Witcher universe? Witcher The books? Yep. They're all Geralt. Mm-hmm. He is the Witcher, mm-hmm. uh, and the Geralt story has a defined end that is the Wild Hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, I believe, that is pretty 
consistent across books, games, and also will be consistent among show. Okay. Um, hey, and... that's how Hellboy ends. Except then there's Hellboy in Hell. Side note: When we're I was out at the farm with out of Kaylin's family farm mm-hmm. with her, her brother, her brother's friend. And apparently, they have like a weekly. Um, they watch terrible movies, and he was like, "What's the worst movie you've ever watched?" Like, Hellboy twenty nineteen. I said it with no hesitation. Absolutely. Uh, and I was like, "It's just horrible. It's absolutely the worst." Anyway, because mm-hmm. um, they try to interpret the Wild Hunt story without doing any of the setup necessary to explain the backstory of the character. Wild Hunt. Yeah. No, it's not called Wild Hunt, is it? It's not, but they try to do that story. Oh, right, right. I see what you're saying. Sort yeah. of. Without all the stuff before it. Yeah. yeah. So this teaser for this new game was so there are so the witchers do you know what witchers are now that you've seen you haven't seen i've seen season one but they don't really get into witchers lore they pretty much follow Harold. yeah season two gets a little bit more into it because you meet multiple of the witchers okay so there are four or six or seven it depends on what you consider proper school of witcher Mm -hmm. um so hufflepuff ravenclaw <laughs> slytherin and uh, gryffindor Geralt is the school of the wolf he's the white wolf his medallion is a wolf okay there is the school of the cat and they are more like agile and like sneaky and like stuff like that that's the sure so in the games you are school of the wolf but you can like choose your skills and armor and stuff to kind of change and i always go mm-hmm. feline uh there's school of the viper that is all poison that stuff. one's slytherin uh <laughs> there is uh school of the griffin there's school of that one the... explains itself um <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is i can't remember all of them but the medallion on the teaser is a lynx which mm-hmm. maybe is school of the cat or school of the lynx but a lynx is a feline isn't it yeah yeah and so i mean it's very obvious from that like everything we got ju- it was just that and we're mm-hmm. like oh, okay we're getting a new witcher and maybe we'll get a new Witcher before the collapse of the Witchers, Ooh. which is something like because Geralt is one of the last Witchers because they mm-hmm. got attacked and lost all the stuff to make Witchers and stuff like that. So it's like it's the end of the Witchers kind of era. Uh. And so maybe we'll get a Witcher game or a trilogy of games in the height of Witcherdom. Okay, which would be freaking dope. And it's like a new Witcher, so like we get new like what makes him tick what's his deal mm-hmm. um i'm i'm so excited for it there's so much cool. lore in the witcher universe yeah that you can draw on so that uh, sounds fun we don't have a ton of details about it um let me go back to it uh next witcher announced will be on unreal engine 5 uh well that's what they announced mm-hmm. with just a picture of the thing in snow right um but yeah cool cd project red they didn't sell it anywhere and they know how to make good games sounds uh, good as long as they don't <laughs> cyberpunk 2077 it which it's funny that that's become a verb so quickly yeah <laughs> it's just like it there's still so many glitches yeah and i'm playing it on pc after the much awaited patch 1.5 <laughs> come on guys um so yeah, new Witcher game. I'm super excited. I loved Witcher three, and like, as long as they're at least like Witcher one is fine. Witcher two is really good. Witcher three is fantastic. As long as they at least like stay mm-hmm. either on trajectory or just at least plateau, it'll be a fantastic game. All right. <laughs> so, um, I think that's it. 
All right. I don't think I have anything else. I got nothing. Relatively mm-hmm. slow news week. Yep. Uh, if you like short films. I mostly don't. If you like eight minute videos that you can just watch. Uh, we've got a short film. R.E.M. has a short film dropping <gasps> tonight at seven o'clock. Oh, very cool. What people are. It's just eight, uh, eight minutes. Um, directed by Jordan, directed, written, everything by Jordan Wilson, who okay. is a good friend of ours. Um, and it'll be on YouTube. It'll be on the Aryan Productions dot net dot net dot net. Um, and yeah, just go check it out. It's, it's really good. It won. It went to a lot of festivals. It won several of them. Sweet. Um, so it's, it's definitely really, really good. Okay. So I'm excited. Check it out. Go watch it. That's all I got. Cool. Shouts me. We shouts. Thanks, everyone, for listening. You can find this podcast, previous episodes, on Spotify and iTunes and iHeartRadio and Podbean and most other places that find podcasts are sold. Uh, we're on social media. We're on Twitter. We're, I mean, sort of on Twitter. Uh, at Just Us Losers Pod. Facebook, Instagram, that same handle, at Just Us Losers Pod. Uh, right now, the most interesting content-related stuff is happening on TikTok. That's Just TikTok. Us Losers. Just Us Losers Pod at TikTok.com. Yep. Definitely. Something like that. Uh, we have a, a Gmail, justusloserspod at gmail.com, where uh, let's hear your your uh, Rotten Tomatoes predictions for where the crowd ads sing. Or not Rotten Tomatoes. I don't support Rotten Tomatoes' metrics of doing things. Let's say IMDb and Metacritic and box office. IMDb 7.4 metacritic 5.7 mean 57 57 there's a one to 100 scale yeah. you doof yeah you know uh i'll say imdb 6.6 metacritic 51 okay wrap it up uh look forward to next week when we'll talk about some stuff who knows will it be fun probably not uh Let's see. What else do I need to say? Um, REMproductions.net for the, the the short film thing. What people are. What are people? I guess I have to wait to find out tonight. I guess it's technically last night if you're listening to this now. Because uh, sure. this, yeah. this, rec- this episode is coming out tomorrow. Yep. So time is weird. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.